0: Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you.
1: Welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan Carson. I'm the Director of Student Ministry Matters. And I'm thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the importance of family ministry and creating family ministry opportunities within your local context. But before we get to that, I want to mention a couple of things. One, I want to thank our podcast partners. Central Baptist College of Conway is a great place for you to point your students toward. It is a place that is challenging, engaging, inspiring. It is a place full of professors who just love their students enough that they want to pray for them, be there for them, and help them as they try to follow Christ and implement their Christian faith and values in whatever vocation that they're headed toward. Really love those guys. And perhaps you're a a person that just hasn't finished your degree and that you would like to finish that. They offer a PACE program that is designed exactly for that. So I'd encourage you, reach out, cbc.edu. Real simple there, cbc.edu. Contact them and get a visit set up for today. Before we get into the heart of this episode, I want to talk to you for just a moment about something called 222 Leadership. Based on that 2 Timothy 22 verse about investing in faithful men and women, we want to be doing that. We have a cohort. It's going to be a small group that you have a chance to be a part of. And if you'd like to connect with us and find out how you can do that, Just contact us through our email at info at studentministrymatters.com. It's going to begin in January of 2022, and it's going to go for eight months. Leading up to our student ministry workers retreat held in September of 2022. And so it'll meet once a month. We will read books together. We will pray for one another and talk about things that are important in student ministry. And so I'd encourage you, contact us, reach out. I still have a few spots. We have about five. I have a, maybe three more spots for one group, and I'm willing to start a second group if we have enough interest. And so, again, reach out, info at studentministrymatters.com, or you can find us through our Facebook page or our Instagram account. Those are great ways to reach out. and We'd love for, for that opportunity to, to connect and, and to really grow closer together well today's podcast it's just me and i want to talk to you about family ministry now i know over the past several months say from March of 2020 when the world just kind of fell apart we had to to make changes and then when we had made those changes and implemented them we still had to to navigate so many other things i think about myself in my my current setting i had to kind of pick up the slack in the digital realm i had to make sure that we were Online for our worship services, that we were doing online giving, that we were making it through our email list, just several things like that. And there's a strong possibility that you had to do some of those same things as well, in addition to your normal ministry responsibilities of loving on students and trying to help them step through a pandemic. Well, during all that time, we had a chance to just see what was super valuable and what. Kind of needed to be set aside. And I'll tell you, not just over this past year and a half, but even before that, I've begun to realize that family ministry is incredibly important. I'm on the older side. We've talked about that here on the podcast. At 49 years of age, uh, in many eyes, I'm a dinosaur when it comes to student ministry. And I'll tell you, there have been times over the years where it's been all about activity, about those events. In many ways, I was a glorified activities director. Now, over these past five years, I've had the chance to kind of look back and go, okay, well, what is really important about student ministry? What's important to me is that a student knows Jesus Christ and that they make a lifelong commitment and that after they graduate high school and head off to college, that they stay connected with the church. But too many times that doesn't happen. And so how do we fix that? What do we do about it? Well, one of the things that we can do about it is that we can invest in the families, and that is what we need to do. I've mentioned it before, but when you look at how many hours in a week, 168 hours, and if we think about our student ministry, there's a possibility that we may get three hours with our student, and that may be it. I would like to say it's more, but that's, that's just the reality. Well, those Students go back to their homes, and they're in their schools, and they're all these other places. And so we as student ministry workers, as student pastors, as youth pastors, we only have a limited impact that we can make. So what do we do? Well, we invest in those that can make an even greater impact. Think about the Deuteronomy 6 principle. There in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be on your frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Well, we don't do some of those things in the Christian community. But we do need to speak to our children and help the parents that are connected to our student ministry speak to their children about their faith and see those type of things grow. But it's difficult. I mean, it really is hard. Parents don't know how to do some of these things because no one did these type of things with them. It wasn't modeled. So how do we break that cycle and how do we invest in our families and specifically have a strategy of some sort for us making family ministry a reality? Well, I've got four suggestions that I want us to quickly look at today as we think about these things and as we try to help our parents and our families really connect their faith and so that they can carry it with them far beyond high school and they can carry it out into the world, out into their neighborhoods and into their families. It's just real important for us to do these things. So let's look at these four things. Number one, we need to get families serving together. You know, we need to look for opportunities for students and parents to serve together. It can be as simple as serving on a soup line together or providing mission trips for the whole family to engage in. We have seen the bond that's formed when our students do something hard together. We've taken them on trips. We've seen them work at a mission point. I remember being at Temple Church and watching my students get closer together as they cleaned out apartments. Now, that's not a real challenging job, but it is something that can be dirty and nasty. And they grew closer together. So imagine putting a family together, having them serve together in a way that they may never have done that. Our families deserve that type of opportunity as well. We need a planned service and ministry days for the whole family. The second thing is this, we need to get them playing together. Now, my wife is a licensed professional counselor and a play therapist. She works with children and teenagers. If there's one thing that I've learned over the years with her, it is this, that play is a natural part of a child's language. We tend to lose that pattern of communication as we grow older. We get all serious and those type of things. But play can close the gap between parents and children. Now, we're talking about students. We're talking about all the way down to children. We're talking about families families. Because that family is a unit that your student, that you're ministering to on a regular basis. They're a part of that, and we cannot separate them from it. So let's give our families every tool available to help them have great communication at the home. I can tell you from personal experience that it's a blast to watch students and parents duke it out in a Nerf battle or a water balloon war. Life at home can often be so serious. It is. There's all sorts of things to take care of, responsibilities. Let's give our families the opportunity to play. The third thing as we think about a strategy for creating family ministry opportunities is this. Get them talking together. You know, at our house, our children never stood a chance. I'm a youth pastor, and my wife is a mental health therapist. We talk about it all. There's nothing that is off-limits for us to communicate about. However, I've found over the years that not every family talks about things with the same openness that we do in our home. In fact, communication is often stilted in the home. Consider having a family class for a summer or semester. Have your small groups consist of the parents and children in each home. Ask good questions and have fun activities. Challenge them to build cities out of popsicle sticks or have them create a family crest with art supplies. Our families need to interact around concepts as units. They need to communicate, thinking back to Deuteronomy 6, that they were talking about their faith as they went through just everyday life. And that's important for us to do. We need to communicate about our faith. And so I just encourage you to do those things. Get those families talking together. And then finally, get them discussing God's Word together. Now, it's one step deeper than just talking because sometimes, again, families, they don't want to talk. They don't talk together. And so anything and everything is difficult. Well, we need to get them talking, but then we need to get them talking about God's Word, engaging around God's Word. Try sending a follow-up to the Sunday message to your parents. It can simply be a handful of, of questions that your families can talk about in the car on the way to school or to the store. Listen to the Sunday message with purpose, and then email or text your parents the two or five questions that can open a discussion of God's Word. It can be deep and theological, or it can be about the pastor's illustration. The main thing is to get them talking. I know that as I've asked those type of questions and sent them out, I will talk about all sorts of things, all sorts of range. And so it is important for us to to get them talking about God's Word. You know, if you want to see your students grow and have a lifetime faith, then it's time to invest in more than just students walking into our youth spaces each week. We need to see that students are a part of a system, that family system, mom, dad, brother, sister, and then your student. Now, maybe that family unit looks different. And so navigating those things can be a bit of a challenge when you have a mom with no dad there, or you have neither parent there, or I know the question would come up is, well, what do you do about students that don't have families there at all? Well, and that's why God has placed you there, not to necessarily serve as a parent, but to serve as one of those disciple makers in that student's life. And you still have a responsibility to help those parents, that family, understand their role in it. The Bible is pretty clear that moms and dads, families, the parents are the disciple makers, should be the primary disciple maker in that student's life. We're there to assist and to help. And so we need to be thoughtful. We need to be intentional as we move forward in student ministry. You see, there, there's all sorts of things that we can be doing, but are we doing the best things? Are we reaching out in the best ways? It's important that we seek to impact the family system because our reach can be much further that way. Well, I just wanted to share a few thoughts that I shared on a youth specialties blog. It was a great opportunity And I think that it's a great opportunity for us to look at our student ministry with a more evaluative eye to determine, are we doing the best things? Are we making the best choices so that we can impact that student, not just for the days that they're in junior high and high school, but are we making an impact for them over the course of a lifetime? We need to think of the long game. We need to think about the long-term impact of what we're doing and what we're investing in. I'll tell you, I didn't think about a lot of these things early on. It just wasn't a top priority. But now, more than ever, it is vital that I make an impact that's not just about today, but it's about tomorrow and the next tomorrow and the next tomorrow. So I would encourage you, evaluate your student ministry. Look at how you're working with the families that are connected. Is it just an afterthought? If it is, then it's time to make some changes. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening today as we've continued the conversation about student ministry. We'll be back again with Chris Vines and some of our other guests that we have along the way in an upcoming episode, and I'm excited about those. I've been talking uh, with Heidi Sorrells. I've been talking with Dr. Richard Ross as well as some others, and I'm excited about uh, who we're going to have on the podcast, so I hope that you'll keep listening and that you'll keep serving all because student ministry matters.
0: Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.